Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. Digging the Tan Saint Queen! That's right, we're a Simpsons Podcast. There's no denying it, it's just the truth. But, uh, you know, we know there are other Simpsons Podcasts. They start from Seasons 1 and go Episode 1, then Season 1, Episode 2, then Season 1, Episode 3, and so on and so forth. But we're not going to do that, no. We're going to look at the new episodes. And if we can't do that, well, then we're just going to pick an episode uh, at random using that wheel of random. But we don't need to do that this week. And I keep on saying we, and you're probably like, who are these people? Well, Jerry Seinfeld, I'm an annoyed grunt boy named Steve. And with me, as always, is Homer. Homer. Sorry, uh, annoyed grunt boy, Craig. <laughs> oh, I thought we got a good get here for once. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Dan Castellano had to cancel on this last minute again. <sighs> Must be another uh, Aladdin cartoon that he had to star in. Oh, hey, in America, happy. Are we allowed to say Thanksgiving or is that word canceled? I think uh, it's okay, but I think you just should take a moment to realize like, oh, yeah, it's pretty awful holiday. I don't associate it with what, you know, we were told as kids anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, the day you have to get together with family and you have to eat at two in the afternoon for some dumb reason it's the law everyone just smells like farts after you eat (laughs) people pretend to watch the football game i don't know yeah what other tropes uh do you go play the pigskin out in the backyard after the meal yeah because that's what you want to do you just had 2000 calories let's go let's go play football with (laughs) uncle jimmy no instead what you really want to do is listen to the simpsons podcast that's right i mean Simpsons, not i mean not ours but right at least us Simpsons. That's that's a good show to watch on the there's the, I think the problem with Thanksgiving at TV and movies is it's an American holiday. Yes, I know Canada has one, but, you know, we don't talk about them. Exactly. So you can't really sell a Thanksgiving movie overseas. That's true. Like, what do you think of like the episode which we love Thanksgiving of horror from The Simpsons? Like when that ships off <laughs> to, to like Japan, do they like give a fuck? They must be very confused. Yeah. Like one, why do we hate turkeys so much? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird holiday. I don't know. Let's just rename it to like uh, uh, Get Fat Day. That seems like an American holiday. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's almost like all the holidays in America, right? It's all yeah. centered around food, like Fourth of July, and I mean Valentine's Day is always about going out to a fancy restaurant to eat. Yeah, and then you you also give them candy. Yeah, and you're expecting to get laid after if you eat a full meal. No. You don't want those grumblies going on where you're going down there. No. Ew. <laughs> and Thanksgiving is like the least sexiest holiday, too. If it's it's national uh, wardrobe would be sweatpants. Yeah. Oh, if you're like going yeah. over for Thanksgiving, you have to like kind of dress up. Right. But you're dressing up like with the sweater that your grandma got you for Christmas <laughs> exactly. the year, last year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it has a Yorkshire puppy on it. It's cute. Oh, it's houndstooth. I hate this pattern. Ugh. You know, then you go over to like your cousin's house and the cousin that's like your age doesn't have a NES. He's got a Genesis. And you're like, oh, really? And your other co- other cousin has a boyfriend and you're like, damn it. But she's also like four years older than you, Steve, and you're eight. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, I'm making all this up, but this yeah. is just like a trope of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Minus the cousin thing that Steve from Kentucky has with his cousin. Is or that Sh- not or a Shelbyville. trope? <laughs> Shelbyville, actually. But you know what gets you through the holidays? especially Thanksgiving. Besides listening to this podcast, Steve, you got a drink. That's right. Which brings us to our favorite segment, The Simpsons Beer Corner. (laughs) 
Hawaii. Craig, what have you got for us today? I want to say that pretty much 100% of the beers I've had have just been, well, maybe like 90% have been first time tasting. This beer I have had before, and it's a seasonal beer because it's come back. So it's one of my favorites. But to tie it in with this episode, Smithers is in it, and his Ooh. boss is Mr. Burns. And Burns is spelled B U R N S, right? Uh, last time I checked, yes. Yeah. All right, Steve. Well, how would you spell Burns if you got rid of the S at the end and replaced all the letters after B as R's? What would you get? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're making me cold because it'd be Burr. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so this is a, a Widmer Brothers Brewing from uh, here in uh, Portland, Oregon since 1984 so they're like they're like the ghostbusters of beer that's right ghostbusters came out in 84 yeah and they have a seasonal beer it's called the hoppy red northwest red ale and i've had it before and it's been i stopped i haven't probably had this in like two or three years because there was a time when i wasn't drinking beer mm-hmm. it's a 77 72 Ooh. 72 alcohol no, 7.2 alcohol by volume ah that sweet sweet red smell oh yes yeah, I remember this is, tastes like it does. It's I don't know the IBUs in this, but it is um it has a little bit more bitterness for that first kick, but that aftertaste of this red ale is such a nice aromatic like just the like it's, you can smell it obviously in the nose but then taste it on the roof of your mouth. Mm-hmm. It leaves a nice smooth aftertaste like no bitterness. Remember those like bitter beer face commercials? Oh yes. This one definitely just it's God, have you had this before? I assume it has been a while, but yes, I, I do remember that one. It was very good. And the initial sip is nice and smooth and silky. Um, this one, I definitely think you fans out there can probably pick up at your local grocery stores. Rademeyer's, um, yeah, they're one the, uh, they're one of the big big names here. Well, one of the big names in microbrewing, obviously, and then you know, kind of went global too. Yeah, one of the biggest when uh, they uh, collaborated with AB Bev. You can buy them on the East Coast now, right? And once you, I mean, when you go to any restaurant and you get a Hefeweizen, ninety percent chance, sure, it's going to be a Widmere Brothers. Hefeweizen. Yeah, I'd say that they defined what we um, Americans know right. Hefeweizens to be. What what do you got for us? So I also, as we've talked about, uh, like to associate my beer with the episode that we're about to watch. But a challenge that we've had this season is we're watching all new episodes. And so sometimes when I'm at the store buying beers, I don't know what's going to happen in the uh, forthcoming episode. Uh, So I tried to find something that is just kind of associated with the uh, Simpsons in general. And, you know, Craig, when you think of, I don't know, real life products that are associated with the Simpsons, maybe through sponsorship or whatever. What's the one product that you think of? Hmm. Um, I mean, maybe don't like uh, lay your finger on it. All right. You're right. Oh, (laughs) duh. Of course. Band-aid adhesive strips. There you go. No, silly, I'm talking about a candy bar by the name of Butterfingers. But unfortunately, the uh, Nestle Corporation is probably very litigious. So I have a beer (laughs) called Futterbingers. It's spelled F-U-D-D-E-R-B-I-N-G-E-R-Z. Honestly, I thought you you were just going to go with like, I couldn't find anything. So I took up Butterfingers and dipped it in a Coors Light for two hours. Let's see how this tastes. (laughs) Hmm, wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> All right, next week we're gonna dip a beer. <laughs> we're gonna no, I'm not doing that. I uh, mean, we so, could waste that on like a Coors Light, but I wouldn't waste that on a good beer. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not gonna be horrible. 
But uh, this is um, from the Brewing Project, which is a company that uh, they're out of their minds. Yes, they are. And when I read this beer, you'll see why. Um, But they're out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They've done uh, some sour beers, some weird beers. But this one is an imperial stout with roasted peanut, cacao nibs, chocolate and roasted peanut flavoring to kind of evoke a butterfinger or sorry, a Futterbinger. And it comes in at an easy drinking 10.4%. So it's not messing around. It smells like you're sitting next to a guy who had a Butterfinger fun size candy bar and a Coors Light. (laughs) (laughs) It does like like you can smell it on their breath. Like, do you just eat a Butterfinger and And also have a beer? My God, man, it's eight in the morning. Yeah, it's too early for a Butterfinger. Yeah, I can't eat the morning first my tummy. Oh, man, it is intense. Like camping. Yes. Um, it's very strong, very potent, very like thick and syrupy, but it does do the job. Like it, it does have like this kind of weird, uncanny valley of uh, that crispity, crunchy, peanut buttery flavor, but in beer form. I can see this working. That what's the aftertaste? Does it have like it, a butterfinger aftertaste or more of a beer aftertaste? More of a butterfinger aftertaste, like kind of like you know how butterfingers don't exactly taste like peanut butter nor they're chico sticks with chocolate on it right that's kind of more what i'm getting i'm getting more of the chico stick rather mm. than yeah i don't know that i could drink two of these just because it's very intense like the one is great exactly or an orgy in a circus fucking intense yeah so would you then say this is like a dessert beer absolutely yeah this is a after you've had your dinner beer your <laughs> salad beer. beer yeah <laughs> salad beer your soup beer it's a whole seven course meal i think soup beer is just whiskey right yeah well no you have to have your cocktail first before right you're your, the cocktail then you have your your beer appetizer mm-hmm. then the beer salad yeah now i just want to try associate which types of beer would be the meal the salads the appetizers hmm. like yeah we say like a coors lighter but like wouldn't that be like the appetizer yeah that's a good opening salvo yeah because it doesn't really fill you up like an appetizer right yeah it just kind of like it, it it prolongs what you really want is the entree right so you get a salad would that be like a, a sour or a side or like a sour or a, a, a cider yeah i think a cider would be a good yeah yeah a cider because it's sometimes you put fruit in salad so yeah okay we'll say the cider's the salad just trying to figure out what the main course beer is but do we stick with beer or do we go with like That's hard true. alcohol? Do we do it? Like, no, I think this all has to be beers. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this because yeah, the stout to me and a porter is more dessert. Yeah. Do you I think like, like the, do, do like a Scottish ale because it's kind of savory? Okay. That could be a good kind of main course meal. Beer. I was gonna, I was gonna say the Hefeweizen would be like the bread on the table. Definitely, yeah. Like I have a red. What where would you put a red ale? A red ale, I think. Is that is, the soup? That could be a soup, yeah. Like a barley soup. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think we're going I think we're going with our seven beer course meal. <laughs> this is a great idea. It'd be great on a menu, <laughs> like having the seven course beer meal. Mm-hmm. But like for the Hefeweizens, you would put them all in like shot glasses because you eat like just chunks of bread. So you have like yeah. little chunks of Hefeweizen. There's pats of butter floating in it. Butter beer, isn't that a Harry Potter? Oh yeah. Let's segue from Harry Potter to The Simpsons. All right. That's how you do a segue. You say, let's segue. Let's segue. Uh, Today, we're talking about Portrait of Lackey on Fire, which aired uh, 
on November 21st. Uh, Craig, what was the number one movie in the box office on that date? Steve, I'll let you know. I went to go see it. Oh, there's a little movie called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Starring TV's Dan Aykroyd, TV's Bill Murray, and stage and screen star Ernie Hudson. Beautiful. And then they were only in it for like two seconds. But the new cast is great. I guess I, yeah, because I'm um, I'm a ghost head. Is that what we're called? Uh, Ghostbusters is probably my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, next to, of course, uh, the Simpsons movie. Uh No, it's this movie totally slaps. Is that what the kids say? Yeah, I think that's what they say. It was made for 30 plus year old men who grew up with Ghostbusters. And I've said it before, like Ghostbusters was made for like adults, but it was really the kids who latched onto that movie. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously because that was just such a huge movie for ch- children. And then of course the cartoon that lasted like 10 years after that, which is growing up Ghostbusters for me. Yeah. Ghostbusters shouldn't make you cry, but this one does makes you cry. That's all I got to say for a 30 plus year old male. Mm-hmm. But also if he took, if you had kids and you took the kids, I say it's appropriate for ages eight and above that. Uh, well, they would look at you like, why are you crying old man? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is? Like, I don't know if I think you'll like it. I think it's also like, it does something well. Like it's created the new Goonies, but the kids aren't annoying acting like you hate. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, McKenna Grace who's like pretty much the star of this movie. She's the little girl in it. She steals this movie. She's she's the next, like, I don't know. She's the next big thing. You know, Finn Wolfhard was great. I was always concerned that like when he was cast being like, uh, he already wore the jumpsuit in Stranger Things. <laughs> right. But the characters are pretty different. He's, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll, I'll relate to the characters. Like he's the Vankman. Uh, uh, there's like four new kids and he's the Vankman. McKenna Grace is the Egon. There's a kid podcast. He's the new race dance. And then the, the guy, his, his name is podcast. Yeah, it's podcast. <laughs> There's a funny joke in there about it. Database and email were taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, uh, uh, and then there's a new girl named Lucky who's uh, she'd be the Winston because she joins at the, the end of the you know movie. Okay, all right, Steve. Well, what was the number one song? Well, a lot of times, you know, finding the new song on the Billboard Hot 100 can be difficult. But I got to tell you, Adele made it easy on me. There ain't no One minute and 50 seconds for next week. All right. One minute, 50 seconds. Do you think she'll get next week? I don't know. I think that hot new uh, Kid Rock song could uh, <laughs> knock oh, her yeah. off. Yeah, so that was the top 100, but the Annoy Grunt Boys, Billboard, Hot 100, it was a Kid Rock, Don't Tell Me How to Live. That's right. I'm going to hit play. Eh, I'm not going to play it. Oof. All right, Steve, All right. What, what are we talking about again? Uh, we are talking about uh, the, the Simpsons, and we're talking about Portrait of a Lackey on Fire, in which Smithers finds true love with a famous fashion designer, but his new relationship may destroy Springfield. And it will. Dun, 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 dun. We'll be right back.
And we're back. Today we're talking about Portrait of a Lackey on Fire. It's the eighth episode of the 33rd season. It originally aired on November 21st, 2021. It is episode 714 in the show's run. Your nerd code is UABFO1. It was written by Rob and Johnny Lezebnik, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, and your showrunners are Al Jean and Matt Selman. All right. Well, we know uh, Rob Lezebnik, but uh, Johnny Lezebnik, that's a new name. It's true. It's a... Uh his son steve that's right and you know how i know that how's that um it's kind of obvious i mean it is in the credits yeah um well what can you say about johnny lezebnik that we haven't said before everything a bit yeah he's got some writing credits he's a comic himself you go to his website johnnylezebnik.com for all your johnny lezebnik needs there you go uh he's only had one episode written that's for this show called the simpsons and that's it but he also mentions that he's worked on like rugrats coming up so there you go very cool and yeah so they wrote it and johnny was a big inspiration for the episode he describes the experience of writing a episode with his dad spectacular and fulfilling could you imagine writing something with your dad no (laughs) (laughs) it would be really weird (laughs) yeah it'd be really like i don't know if i could collaborate that way yeah i don't know that i would make it to air (laughs) well just like um if i'm not saying like a a tv show but let's say like your dad came up to you like son let's write a novel together oh yeah I think he, like actually, he would have done. No, I'm pretty sure he did. He, I think he wanted to like write a uh, book about the C. The letter C? Yes. <laughs> Just the letter C. Yeah. Every, every, every word in the book had to begin with that. It's quite a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. If you were on the website, twitter.com, it, I, it's uh, there's a lot of fun. Uh, they did a live tweet or Johnny did of the episode as it aired on Sunday night. And it's kind of fun to watch because he has a lot of information, a lot of tidbits there. Yeah, he posted something about this episode, too, about uh, working with his dad and and uh, all the other people at The Simpsons. Yeah. Just so. go look and read it. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So the title is a parody of the uh, 2019 film Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Portrait of a Lackey on Fire. Did you uh, watch that movie? Ah, uh, no. Is it still on your Netflix DVD queue? I think so, yeah. Oh, 2019. No, no, that'd be, that's digital. That's yeah. streaming days. Yeah, as soon as I uh, finish, uh, send back season one of... Uh, Lost. <laughs> yeah, or that show with uh, the animals that came to life at Niagara Falls. Uh, Animal Crossing. Sure, we'll call it that. It's a good name for it. <laughs> uh we've talked about this wonderfalls wonderfalls there it is yeah wonderfalls yeah um all right well so uh you know it starts out with bart writing on the chalkboard i assume Mm, so sorry you know it's uh what uh seven episodes into the show season 32 three eight yeah technically eight and we haven't had one one bart simpson writing on a chalkboard at all is it because kids are too busy using their tablets to actually write on physical well, services? Oh, I'm also thinking that maybe uh, since Edna's dead, that Bart's teacher is uh, probably, you know, isn't as a mean. That's true. Yeah. Maybe maybe he doesn't have to write on the chalkboard. Maybe it's such an old like, I don't know, they still have dry erase boards. Yeah. But, but I, even, mean, is that, I don't think that's ever a punishment. Yeah, it know? wasn't a punishment. It, was it a punishment for us? I feel like I had one substitute teacher who did that. And his name was Matt Graining. <laughs> that's right. If there is a if there is a, a ever a, a Bart couch or chalk gag, mm-hmm. I think that deserves a shot of whiskey. That's fair. Yeah. But I mean, we still haven't really had a proper Simpsons intro either. Right. Like the classic, like him Bart skating through and the, yeah. you know, the whole thing. It's not there. 
we haven't seen it once this season, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a couch gag, but it's, you know, it's actually a reused couch gag, couch gag. Yeah, I know. They, did, they didn't even use the couch. So in the season 32 episode, Burger King. So just last season, actually, like one of the last episodes of the season, they'd start off with the yodeling and a live action potato where someone's carving a the faces of the Simpsons uh, with the Swiss army knife. And then they stamp it on the uh, blue background. But then like, and this episode, it just goes right to the TV. Yeah. But in the original one, if you watch it on, uh, and I did my research, Steve, Nice. I did my research, I went to the old Disney plus and watched it to confirm, but yeah, it does have like a, uh, after the potato thing, it does have the Swiss army knife being thrown and then becoming animated oh. and landing on the couch. And then instead of the knives and, you know, whatever comes out Swiss army knives, it's the heads of the, the family. I see. I was wondering how they would transfer that. Cause I was trying to imagine the, stamps on the couch and that didn't work in my head so that makes sense yeah yeah so you ever have to do that for art class uh carve a potato into a shape of a thing no it seems fun yeah it's a good time well you probably hated it because you love eating potatoes like we're wasting this potato it could be fries i do agree with that i mean <laughs> you're like can we just dissect some like animals yeah let's dissect a frog and make a stamp out of that yeah i'm not gonna eat that no but i want my i want my french fries <laughs> uh all right. Well, mm. sadly, that's that's how it goes. But um, let's just get in with the episode. It starts off um, the way every Simpsons episode starts off at the stately uh, manor of uh, 1C Montgomery Burns. But it's not inside the mansion. So the camera pans uh, to the right to show a greenhouse. But the funny sight gag is that uh, the greenhouse is not plants. I mean, it used to be plants, but it's just stacks mm-hmm. and stacks of green dollar bills. Cash, Steve. Moolah. I like it how there's also a uh, forklift with just like a pallet of money. <laughs> also, there's like windows in it too, like a greenhouse. Like people could just, yeah, I guess that's, that, that would be Burns. Like he wants people to see his wealth. Oh yeah. And that's probably just like the small amount that he like. Yeah. That's that, just for showing off. That's just like him. That's it. That's his toilet paper, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But then the camera pans bright yet again. And then we see the hounds quarters, which is very fancy looking building too. Yeah. But we go inside and it's still kind of set up like a kennel. And uh, Mr. Burns is pacing, waiting for uh, Smithers to give him some good news. Congratulations, sir. It's eight puppies, four boys, three girls, and uh, one who would prefer not to be labeled yet. Excellent. Eight purebred puppies descended from the first litter of Carl Friedrich Doberman himself. Smithers, you're in charge of their training. Teach them all the classic commands. Sit, stay, and bite striking workers with your widow teefers. Yes, Mr. Burns. And you've allowed the training dummies to fall into terrible disrepair. So I've ordered a new one. Here he is now. Um, I was told there'd be a taco truck. Don't worry, their adult teeth haven't come in yet. Just look out for their much sharper baby teeth. I guess executive kennel supervisor is all I'll ever be to Mr. Burns. Nothing. Ow! Worst. Ow! They're not being respected. Ow! At work. Ow! I was kind of disappointed that there is no reference to vests or oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> turning the dogs into uh, any sort of clothing, which is fine. I understand why they didn't do it. But this would have been fun, a fun callback. Why wouldn't they let Homer wear protection? God, I feel so bad for him. I know. I, mean, I, I feel get... like he's been a dog <laughs> training guy before. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's living. A, it's a living. 
It's just such a silly opening. I don't know. It is. I I don't know. I kind of I thought it was fun. I like the image of the uh, Doberman guy who has his mouth agape and is panting like a dog, which kind of implies that he taught that behavior by sleeping with dogs. Who uh, Smithers? No, I mean, <laughs> maybe. But the uh, the Doberman guy that was on the picture. Oh yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> trying to think. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, is he uh? He fucking those dogs because he was, yeah, that was the is his DNA still in the uh blood of, yeah, I think that's right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I also thought it was funny when uh, you know, Homer's trying to offer advice while getting bitten by the tiny dog teeth. It's true, like baby animals' teeth are so much sharper than they need to be. Like, I, I, I don't, I'm never really around baby animals, Steve, so I wouldn't know. Oh, you should, they're adorable. What are you doing, baby animals? I don't know, just living my best life. Yeah. <sighs> Not like Doberman was, but oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Homer then clocks in and is bitten all the angles by uh, eight different puppies. At home, uh, Marge picks out adorable puppy teeth out of Homer's bleeding flesh. Uh, the tiny Dobermans continue to chew on Homer as he tries to enjoy some cake at Bob's retirement party, and then later in the kennel while he looks at his phone. Can't believe Bob's retired. I know he's my favorite character, Bob. Bob's so good. <laughs> Not Sideshow Bob, just Bob. Just Bob, who isn't even bothered to be in the frame. Um, actually, his, his name is Retirement Bob. Oh. Yeah, just Happy Retirement Bob. They just want him to feel joy for once. Yeah. Hey, Happy Retirement Bob. <laughs> yeah, re- Retirement's his middle name. <laughs> I mean, there's Happy Hogan from the Iron Man comics, so why can't there be a yeah. Happy Bob? Happy Retirement Bob. What a horrible <laughs> name his parents named him. I know. It's begging him to give up. And feel good about it. We'll, have to, add a, we'll have to add a comma if it wants to be a retirement for a character named Bob. That's right. It's funny. Uh, they like to, a lot of people like to retire at the, the plant. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Doesn't retirement sound like the best thing ever? Uh, it's like, I'm not going to work anymore. You know, I don't know if it, it's industry standard, industry, <laughs> but like technically, uh, you know, the average age of retirement is what, like 66? Yeah, somewhere around there. So that's like, what, another like 20, 24 24 more years of work. Yeah. Look forward to mm-hmm. something like that. We could do that. Yeah. I could do that in my sleep. You've I mean, already, I wish I could. You've already done. You're already halfway there. I mean, you've already worked more than that. So yeah, we're closer to death than birth. So that's, that's the one thing that gets me through the days. <laughs> it's almost all over. Uh, anyways. Uh, so back to the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> so with the puppies finally uh, murderous enough to be doled out. Uh, to be watchdogs for birds as rich and powerful friends. Uh, Monty is looking through a pile of bribes to see who's begging enough to deserve a new attack dog. Um, and it looks like he found one uh, bribe a little confusing, though. Warren Buffett sent this box of broken wooden pieces. Sorry, that's a puzzle. <laughs> it certainly is a puzzle. What's his game sending me these misshapen bits? Uh, well, it's uh, an activity people do for fun with their friends. Perhaps you and I could. Perhaps you could stop assuming familiarity with your bitters and degunk the puppy's eyes. I love the fact that that seems like so Warren Buffett for him to do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like famously, Warren Buffett, a billionaire, lives a very modest lifestyle, doesn't have like glitz and glam as like most billionaires would. Right. Doesn't he just like live in like a two story house in some neighborhood? Yeah, I think he tries to keep it pretty low key. Oh, no. Thor's evil brother. <laughs> That's right. That mischievous. <laughs> Does that make Bill Gates Thor? Sure. Why not? I could see that. I don't know. Loki's cooler than Thor, at least in the movies. Yeah. 
but like also warren buffett like famously like doesn't have like a will for his kids or but his kids are successful on their own like they had to make their own um he does donate to charity of course right yeah 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 I think we're so used to the modern day evil uh, billionaires. Yeah, I, that's what I'm trying to like. I, I'm not. I just like, assume not, all billionaires are evil. But yeah, I don't know if Warren Buffett's like a quote unquote good guy, but relative yeah. to others, he seems pretty innocuous. Yeah, I think we're just really just kind of talking about Musk and uh, Bezos, right? Yeah. Oh, speaking of Musk, I was watching uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> Uh-huh. And we've never reviewed this episode, but the one where Elon Musk was on like FXX the other day. Oh, yeah. Thank God, that whole I mean, we'll get to it probably eventually. But that whole episode just kisses his ass. I think I've seen it. And you're right. It's uh, pretty cringy. Like it does not hold up today. I'll just yeah. say that if we ever get to that episode, not hold up. Yeah, not hold up. Um, I will say, though, the fact that Mr. Burns doesn't appear to know what a puzzle is. <laughs> I'm going to say right now, I enjoy that joke and the fact that they call it back later on. It's yeah, it's the joke that keeps giving. Yeah. Uh, that what did you, what did you is, yeah what, what don't you think that like burns would know what a puzzle is i was like the only toy they that was invented when he was a kid yeah like when was the puzzle invented actually all right <laughs> i gotta assume that it's i'm gonna say like china in like the i don't know like the sixth century or something oh it says uh oh uh hasbro toys 1965 oh okay <laughs> Uh, the very first jigsaw puzzle is said to have been made by a London map maker, John Spilsbury, in the seventeen six in seventeen sixty. Huh. So yeah, he, Burns would have been a child by then. Yeah, that's right. How proud of himself must John Spilsbury be? Like, all right, I got a picture. I'm gonna cut it up. And that's it. <laughs> he was just uh, he was just really mad at the picture. It's <laughs> ah. like torn to pieces, and he's like, oh, I better put it back together. And he's like, hmm. This might be fun for some people. And someday, centuries from now, there'll be a character in comic books, whatever those are, and he'll get co-opted by the cops. But basically, he's a guy who got killed by a mob, and his arch villain will look like my puzzles. Jigsaw. Oh, I thought it was a... He's a big punisher. Yeah, I know. I was trying to make a joke, but I couldn't think of a good one. (laughs) I Um, couldn't think of any other... uh, big uh punisher villains either that are <laughs> I, I i thought that you were going i was trying to think is there a character named the puzzler but then like, oh you know that's the riddler <laughs> <laughs> but there probably is like a puzzler yeah i'm sure there are there is yeah um all right well steve i enjoy a good jigsaw unless we're talking about saw which we haven't seen yet yeah we're waiting to see saw and see so yeah that's right the app CISO has to come back and only show the saw movies mm-hmm. and we're not going to short shorten it with quibi so no. don't even think about that <laughs> okay well uh homer there applies some of that canine strength neosporin to his uh well-bitten ankle and then he hears some crying and whimpering so he's probably thinking it's a puppy right yeah no steve those tears were from a man <gasps> oh no yeah a man who wishes he was born in a litter of puppies. Don't we all? Oh, yeah. Although, that'd be weird. Yeah, dog face boy. Like that uh, SNL bit this last weekend. That's right. Anyways, he wishes that he was born in that litter so that uh, someone would love him. And of course, that man is none other than TV's own Waylon Smithers. Yay. Yeah. Homer overhears him and uh, then blows his no- nose uh, with his bow tie. So uh, Homer gives Smithers a confidence boost, saying that he's got it going on. Uh, so there's no need for him to be lonely. Homer then admires Waylon's uh, bow tie glasses and hunk- hunky nasal voice. Waylon, though, finds Springfield's dating pool to be pretty bleak. He opens up the U.S. Mail Service, that's M-A-L-E, uh, to see men who don't want to commit, such as Julio Grizzly Sean, which we all know and love, 
uh, John, and several uh, steel mill workers. And then you have those straight guys who are just going through a phase, such as Disco Stu, who is hetero-flexible. Smithers just wants to be there when he gets home and have somebody there without those pesky conditions, which will kill you, as Homer knows all too well. Yeah, so when Disco Stu does like the splits, like he's probably out of commission for a while because he just lands on his junk, probably That's damaging true, yeah. them. Yeah. Well, so Cannon, Disco Stu's by Curious, right? Yeah, he is hetero-flexible. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No. There Disco was two char- has options. <laughs> there was two characters not on that uh, mail service, U.S. mail service app that we would have liked to seen. But then now that I'm talking about this, of yeah. course, they are underage kids that are not allowed to be on apps. I'm talking about yeah. Martin and Nelson, but uh, maybe someday. In the future. Yeah. yeah, someday. Maybe that's why they're not going to do this because they're kids. But kids know when they're gay. Yeah, but I mean, the implications of having Martin Prince on the U.S. mail service app. <laughs> does seem pretty bad yeah i mean kids shouldn't be on dating apps that's just what yeah. we're trying to say kids can be gay they just can't right. be on gay apps unless there's a dating app for kids uh well luckily epstein's dead so it's not gonna happen that's good jesus isn't that what the uh, mark zuckerberg wanted to make instagram for kids yeah i was gonna call it peta was that your joke yeah okay yeah that's pretty that's pretty good thanks uh, I do like the steel workers callback. That's great. And uh, mm-hmm. just the idea or the app called US Mail Service was hilarious to me. I thought that very was very funny. Yeah. Very, very fun play on words. Homer there then vows to find uh, Smithers a man marge, which <laughs> is a really funny word man marge. Man marge. Um, and he finds this perfect guy on the dating app, but uh, it's actually just Waylon's profile. And Homer's like, you know, to be fair, it looked like a much younger picture. And, you know, it kind of did. Yeah, it did. It but looked it- a little thinner. <laughs> I was hoping if it was younger, they should have made oh, him made him black. black. Yeah. <laughs> but the shadow from the umbrella makes the skin a little darker. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if they would have just like had a picture of actual like first season Smithers. Yeah, that would have been really funny. And it's like, what about this guy? <laughs> and then Smithers could have been like a joke. Like, uh, we don't talk about that. Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, so, you know, Alburn thanks a uh, foreign dignitary for the barrels of oil he received in exchange for one of the puppies, which I think is very funny. That's uh, that's at least 10 barrels of oil. And I don't follow the economy that close, but aren't like barrels of oil like hundreds of dollars? Let's see. I When I usually go to the oil store, I get mm-hmm. about uh, five barrels. And then uh, except they're a sales or their sales associate, the guy that works in the warehouses, he's a real ape, Steve. He always just oh, throws no. the barrels at me and I have to like jump and, you know, dodge them. Does he have a blonde girlfriend? Yes, he does. And like, I feel bad for her. I think she's trapped. Yeah. I think she she's in a horrible relationship and can't get out. So I go try to rescue her. Very noble of you. Yeah. But it's not my place, right? So maybe they need to work things out. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you find a mallet, though, you that, can just beat it around for like I do. I 20 do. or 30 seconds. I do. It's it's um, about twice the size of me, but I'm still <laughs> able to lift it. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. And you're dressed like a plumber. <laughs> well, I'm I'm thinking of uh, maybe once I'm done with my oil, I go to the sewers where um, sometimes like crabs and turtles come out of the pipes and I got to get rid of those guys. Sure. Maybe even like a bumblebee. Yeah. And there's like sometimes like fire balls that come shooting at me and ice balls. I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? What a strange world you live in. Yeah. I got a brother, too. He he wears like the same outfit, but it's a green green overalls. Interesting. Yeah. We're looking to uh, like kind of like relax and looking to get into some like mushrooms later. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure that'll calm everything down and nothing <laughs> weirder will happen. I just hope nothing grows from eating those mushrooms. Yeah, I know. I, I always get a little bit of heartburn whenever I eat. <laughs> 
No, that's flowers. Whenever I eat flowers, I get pepper. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the one good benefit of the mushrooms, they make you a little bigger. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, uh, You know what's really weird? The other day, uh-huh. I had one of those mushrooms, and there was a leaf like floating in the air, and I ate it, and I turned into a raccoon. What? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's so weird. <sighs> and then I jumped on a dinosaur. The end. <laughs> and now I'm Chris Pratt. What? <laughs> yeah. Hates Mondays and loves lasagna, too. That's true. Uh, that's the last of the litter, except for one. This one has soft eyes and a kind disposition. He's no killer, and he brings shame to the very idea of inbreeding. Burn then instructs the puppy to bite Homer's doughy face, but the little dog can only lick Homer's nose. Burns walks away in disgust, and Homer ponders where the dog's new home will be. Who's gonna take you home? I hope they find you a dictator who's as sweet as you are. Oh. How about a Fortune 500 fashion designer who's already made a matching suit for the puppy? Good muscle tone, needy, with a slight drooling problem. Reminds me of my last boyfriend. His last girlfriend was a boy? Your last girlfriend was a boy? Oh, I'm sorry, I was just... Negotiating the sale of excess kilowatt hours to a Chinese server farm. And you've got a very good deal. Mm. I also speak Mandarin. I'm Michael de Graff, and I flew here from my villa in Milan to claim this puppy. I can offer Burns a priceless impressionist painting. Mr. Burns' collection could use a Manet. Well, I've got a Monet and a guy who can change O's to A's. Mr. Burns would never know the difference. He hates art. He just wants to keep it out of museums. Homer's joke of uh, your last girlfriend was a guy. Mm-hmm. And then it, he, he thinks it and then says it. It's a funny joke structure, but I just feel like I feel like feel that like, joke's dated. Yeah, I, I think it's oversimplifying it. Yeah, it's because it sounds like shocking to him. But like, I think we're at this age where like it doesn't seem shock- like it's not shocking. Tab. Yeah, and and so much of the rest of the episode is what I like about it is that it's not shocking that Smithers is gay. It's just a person yeah. dating a person. Right. And so, yeah, you're kind of right that this does kind of... Uh, like, would the joke have still worked if he just said, if he thought... Uh, no, I guess it wouldn't. That joke wouldn't work at all. Yeah. I mean, I still chuckled. It was kind of funny. I mean, it's it's Homer being dumb Homer, but in an innocent kind of way. Right. All right. Well, uh... Uh, Homer uh, convinces Smithers to tell his uh, to tell the new acquaintance what uh, the puppy or perhaps he could offer in a companion. Is Michael DeGraff ready for this unusual uh, Doberman who is a sweet, maybe a little shy, but just wants to give uh, his heart to someone who loves him? So did you know that uh, the voice of Victor there, mm-hmm. or Michael DeGraff, <laughs> is Victor Garber himself, star of uh, TV's Titanic? That's right. Actually, I, I mean, he's been in so many things. He was on, uh, I watched, uh, he was on The Flash for a little bit. Hmm. And uh, then uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, he played a Firestorm. Well, half a Firestorm. Superhero the nuclear character. man? Yeah, because if you remember the Firestorm, it was it was Ronnie Raymond. I'm talking about the original like 70s. Ronnie Raymond, who was like a, a college kid, merged with his professor Stein, and they became one entity called the Firestorm, the nuclear man. Interesting. Yeah, fun character. Uh, what else? What else do we know? Victor Garber was he? Uh, he was on Alias. Yeah, he was uh, in Argo. Argo, in fuck Sleepless. yourself. <laughs> he was in Sleepless in Seattle, The First Wives Club. Hmm, Don't like forget. He was also one of the rare, like, uh, well, for me, I thought it was rare of like Shit's Creek, like guest stars. Like, that's a celebrity on a show. Like, oh yeah, that's you true. never really saw. 
I mean, it's not like Canadian actors. Right, but they didn't like go for any prestige casting. Really. Oh, but he is a Canadian. I don't know that. Hmm. No wonder everyone likes him. That's right. Oh, he was on The Simpsons. Oh, wait. <laughs> what are we doing? The Difficult People, which is a good show. Uh, Modern Family. Oh, he's on He's on the Orville. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, how about um, his very first role ever? He was Jesus in Godspell. Wow. 1973. It's hard if that's your first big role. That's a lot to live <laughs> up with. Live up to, rather. Was that like Jim Caviezel's, one of his first roles, too? Mm-hmm. And now look at him. Yeah. All right. Vic Garber, welcome to the show. Oh, um, so he says to Smithers there about the whole Doberman, you know, being sweet shy all that stuff uh he sounds like, like a dream come true so mr smithers gives uh mr DeGraff the puppy and uh then michael asks wailing out for some yummy yummy dinner yum yum um at first smithers is stunned michael says that smithers is talented smart as a whip and hot in a 1960s cape canaveral kind of way which i get yeah i like that he does look like like if you were to watch uh um, yeah like apollo 11 he looks like someone that'd be like ground controller like in the yeah like in the office next to ron yeah. howard right like or not ron howard clint howard and they're like they're not gonna make it they're gonna make it <laughs> and see <laughs> um smithers agrees and homer watches with joy the men have their first date at luigi's waylon and michael hit it off immediately and the restaurant restaurant's uh, titular owner luigi is quite open-minded but his mother uh, might have some room for some social improvement Welcome to Luigi's. Italian food for everybody. I put the salt and the pepper on the table, but for you, such a handsome couple, if you want a pepper and a pepper, hey, that's a wonderful too. <laughs> Vintage vinyl. Add some spikes to it and you've got half of Vivian Westwood's career. <laughs> okay, that was a fake laugh. I was afraid to admit I don't know anything about fashion. Oh, that's so refreshing. People usually want to date me to get into GQ, meet Anna Wintour, or co-parent Anderson Cooper's baby. I guess that was just Anderson Cooper. Waylon, you are like no one I've ever met. Mama, no! Loves everybody. But what about Uncle Benito and the roommate he always brings to Easter supper? <laughs> Mama, no, do not put a hex on the city. Oh, a lot to unpack in that clip. So, according to Luigi, pepper is male and salt is female. He's like, you have the pepper and the pepper. Yeah, I guess so. All right. I don't know how I feel. Well, I don't know. I mean, salt is more popular, so I'll I'll give that to the ladies. That's true. And they both break your heart. <laughs> like you use, again, this, <laughs> this makes sense. I'm like, you use salt on more foods than you use pepper. What, what does that even mean? <laughs> if I'm trying to <laughs> make that as a male-female thing. Yeah. You put salt on popcorn. <laughs> so, But you put pepper on your mac and cheese. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I put pepper on mac and cheese. It tastes good. Yeah, pepper's great. Uh, wait, but semen is more salty. True. And uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I like salt and pepper chips. Am I bisexual? Um, well, I like sea salt chips. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What does that make me? I don't know. And what about sea salt and vinegar? Oh, that's what I meant. I like those ones. Yeah, those are good. Hmm. I don't know. But um, it seems like I'm, I'm glad Luigi's pretty accepting. But his mom, what's up with that? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, pr- something we'll probably never find out. But she seems very passionate about it. Yeah. You spoke. You speak Italian. Well, what did she say? <laughs> uh, just that uh, she doesn't like uh, the gays and uh, the hex on the on ZD. 
how dare you hex a ZD? It's funny how, you know, the Simpsons in the past few years have gone to so much trouble to, you know, correct different voicing mistakes or, you know, trying to be more socially aware. And this is a very socially conscious episode, but still, the Italians can still, they're just a cartoon character. Oh, you can still make fun of the Irish and the Italians. It's fine. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'm not complaining. I think it's no. funny. White culture or white. Yeah, we don't have culture. <laughs> right. We don't have culture. White people are still open game. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Let's yeah. go for it. Yeah. I also want to go back to the uh, problematic or just the description of the entire Luigi's and then like the problematic uh, mural that's on the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of, like the goat man chasing a woman. <laughs> just funny. Yeah. It's it's like uh, Jim Brewer. Ugh. Speaking of problematic. Yeah, I do like those kind of Italian places or those kind of restaurants that are like kind of tacky. Oh, yeah. It's just it's childhood memories. Yeah. I mean, the whole crappy vinyl, <laughs> the whole like when he's talking about the uh, petrified Parmesan shaker. I'm like, yep, I know that. Yep. The uh, the wine bottle with the wicker around it. That's like so dusty. Hasn't been dusted. <laughs> yeah, because it's probably a candle holder at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> But those places are also nice because one, their breadsticks are always really good. And you like order like a uh, tortellini or something and it's like $18, but then you get more pasta than you could ever imagine in your life. <laughs> but then there is like still like little kids running around being dicks. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so they continue their date and they're going through the uh, old Springfield squid port. Um, they enjoy the moon's glow and the glistening water. And Michael comments that he should spend more time in the flyover states to learn what uh, the country is really like. Uh, Smithers corrects him by pointing out that Springfield is more like a fly around country since Blaze tried to avoid the small town due to all the teens with laser pointers. <laughs> That's funny. That feels like such a thing from like five years ago. The laser pointer. Yeah. But I still see Dolph and Kearney doing that all the time. Oh, yeah. So the uh, shining beams of light make for a romantic backdrop for Waylon and Michael. Michael grabs Waylon's hand and uh, Smithers tells his new beau that it's time. That it's a shame that he has to leave the next day. Uh, Michael has canceled his flight, though, uh, since it would be a lot harder to fall in love with Smithers from Milan. Oh, they share a uh, they share a kiss and uh, at Moe's across town, Homer shudders. He can feel it. His fix-up is working. Homer is a gay matchmaking god, which if you watch your comments there, it sounds like he's gay and he's a matchmaking god, <laughs> not a gay matchmaking god. Uh, sadly, there's no matchmaking god for Carl and Lenny. Homer may be a god, but he's no miracle worker, which I think is a funny uh, line. I am a gay god! Yes, you uh, are, Homer. I thought when Homer shuddered, like, it was a discussion. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? That's like, what I thought, too. He kissed, and he's like, Ugh. I'm like, uh, that's not appropriate. Yeah, you normally don't shudder when you feel something good. Yeah, it should have been like a, huh? It should like, have been huh? a, boing, boing, boing. Boing. Well, <laughs> I know there was a boiling for a couple guys there. Hey. Uh, the Annoy Grump boys. <laughs> we love love. We love boiling. I can't do that. Boiling. Yeah. You're right. Uh, when Homer says he may be a god, but not a miracle work, I thought it was great, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next day, Marge is preparing lunch for uh, the kids. Probably Homer, too. And uh, Homer comes downstairs talking on the phone. Hey, Steve, let's listen to that phone call. Ooh, all right. And he posted you on his Instagram? Cute caption. Gay couple emoji? <gasps> I'm excited. What was that? Oh, just guy stuff. Smithers was updating me on his boyfriend. Boyfriend? Yeah, no big deal. Mm. I kind of fixed Smithers up with a dude I know. Now they're going steady. No big deal. Wait, wait, I just have one question. Can I ask you a thousand questions? Sorry, Marge. Late for work. Tell me ah! everything. 
Um, they've been dating for six weeks or so. You probably don't even know him. He's some fashion designer guy. Michael DeGraff? What? Smithers is dating Michael DeGraff? The judge on seasons 10 through 15 of America's Got Fabric? He has my favorite catchphrase. Now that is awful gorgeous. Oh my god, honey, you got catchphrased. And he's even more famous for his savage zings. I don't know, it's a little sex in the city. If there were no sex and the city was Milwaukee. <laughs> they dress so bad in Milwaukee, I assume. Now, Marge in this whole run is great. Yeah. This is such like a great modern woman, I assume. Like yeah. just like obsessed with like these fashion shows. I mean, we might know some ladies that like those kind of shows. For sure. And uh, <laughs> just getting so obsessed with, uh, you know, taking their opinions and making them their your own. You know, he's like a real uh, Tim Gunn type of guy. Yeah. Also, uh, in that voice or in that uh, clip, too, we had uh, the person who said uh, you got uh, catchphrase. That's uh, Christian Seriano, who was a contestant and winner on uh, season four of uh, uh, Project Runway. Good job for them. That's right. Who would our equivalent be if like our significant other like hooked up a couple and like Marge obviously is famous like she loves that like what besides like uh, Matt Crane or something like that <laughs> like it'd be like <laughs> what I'm saying for like the male perspective would be like uh, Guy Fieri <laughs> like you know yeah. Guy Fieri I want to go hang out with Guy Fieri because <laughs> like you know uh, I'm just I, well, I'm trying to equivalent like other like reality like like yeah the like the DU DIY type channels like and I'm thinking like Food Network is the only one I watch yeah me too so, I... like I like well I guess any of those guys It'd be like Alton Brown or um uh not body play as much. Yeah, I was gonna say dick. That's I was gonna say just exactly <laughs> that. Uh but well good news. I, I have breaking news for Bobby Flay fans. It was announced uh-huh. a few like a month ago that he would be stop all all ties with Food Network. Well, luckily that's not gonna happen. They made an agreement, so he'll still be on Food Network. Oh boy. I do wa- enjoy watching beat Bobby Flay because it's only a half an hour. It's nice and short. And sometimes there's some fun celebrity guests. And they beat him? Yeah, with like a fish. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. need to watch that show. <laughs> uh, all right, who who would yours be then? Like, uh, huh? But you know, I'm not like that. Honestly, I'm not like. I don't think I have anybody that would be like Marge obsessed with. Yeah, I mean, there is a chef named Molly Baz, and she is. Uh, I just like her food, though. Like, I don't really care about her. I mean, honestly, I care a lot about Ronald McDonald's food. So if I met yeah. him, you know, which I happened to have met a couple of times, Steve, I don't want to brag. He oh, was boy. At, he was at a my sixth birthday party. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> That's like the time that I met Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've met him a couple of times. Yeah. That dirty rat. <laughs> he killed my brother. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so Homer goes from the uh, family sedan to the station wagon, uh, trying to avoid Marge. But uh, Marge hops on the hood, demanding to meet Michael DeGraff. Homer agrees. And uh, once Michael and Smithers are, uh, once uh, that is, Michael and Smithers are back from the trip, Marge loves the romantic idea of being whisked off by a billionaire and is eager to know where they went. Homer tells Marge that they are too young for Provincetown and too monogamous for Fire Island. And we all know uh, how Wayland gets at Palm Springs. Well, I don't. Everyone, yeah. Well, neither does uh, Marge, because you guys know nothing, just like Jon Snow and that darn three-eyed raven. Uh, I didn't put my soundboard up. I was trying to hit the cricket button. <laughs> we could always add that in post. I'm sure the audience will do it for us. <laughs> yeah, they've already turned it off by now. 
Um, I don't know what um, much of Provincetown. Uh, is it very too I think young? For... I think it's kind of where older gay couples go to kind of retire. <laughs> uh, yeah, and slow down. I know that Fire Island's like a big party island. Provincetown actually seems like a nice place to live. <laughs> it's on the northern tip of Cape Cod. Oh, yeah. Some, that sounds like some like nice Martha Stewart type shit where you're just like, you know, you wear a nice sweater every day. Over your shoulders. Yeah, and it's kind of cold, but kind of nice to walk on the yeah. beach. With like a polo shirt and khakis and then like socks that go up to your, you're wearing khaki shorts, but the socks go up to like almost your knee. Yeah. With very white tennis shoes that don't get dirty for some reason. It's weird. You're always outside. (laughs) Maybe they just have like 365 pairs of white shoes. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. They throw them in the incinerator after they're done wearing one pair. I'd say maybe that's why they came out of the closet. Need to make room for all their shoes. Yeah. I was just trying to make a reference to later when all the things are burning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Homer uh, forgoes uh, his vehicle completely instead of opting for a bus stop. So now was a bus stop across the street from their house. <laughs> I also love like he's not mad. He's just kind of scared and like he's got like <laughs> yeah. a happy face on him and just like, all right. <laughs> so Marge follows behind him waiting, wanting more like juicy gossip. Uh, she's a real gossip girl, Steve. That's right. XOXO. Yeah. Take that. Like lively. Yeah. Uh, Homer reflects on uh, she was on Gossip Girl, right? I didn't watch that show. I think so. OK. Um, did uh, was Ryan Reynolds ever on? Probably. There's a guy. I think it's Gossip Girl. There's a guy who looks just like Jimmy Fallon. And it makes me laugh every time because he's like all like supposed to be like the brooding bad guy. <laughs> but it just looks like Jimmy Fallon in a sketch about Gossip Girl. And does the guy like break all the time and starts giggling because he's an alcoholic? Yes. All right. And Kristen Bell, doesn't she like narrate that show? I think so. Yeah. All right. She was on The Simpsons. That's right. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Uh, Oh, so um, yeah. So Homer reflects on how great it is uh, interfering in other people's lives. Um, And if the relationship lasts, he's a genius. And if it falls apart, he'll just turn off his phone. There you go. Isn't that great? Like just turning off your phone, like completely shuts you off from everything. It's awesome. Yeah, it's true. You can avoid the entire world. You can just tell work like, oh, my phone was off or I left it in another room. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't know I was supposed to be at work. (laughs) My phone was off. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> Your wife's in labor and it's like, <laughs> uh, eh, I don't need to go to the hospital. Sorry. Phone was off. You had the baby. Cool. Cool. Hope it's a baby and it's alive. Uh, yeah, but more than like what? An adult? Yeah. Or you Benjamin know. Button. I never watched that movie. Did he come out like a fully grown adult? I assume that's how it ends. Yeah. Or wait, no. No, it ends with him ends. climbing into Kate Blanchett's womb right yeah yeah we, we haven't seen it but that we determined that's how the movie that's ends. right yeah yeah because he just refers back to sperm and then gets her pregnant again to wait what start the cycle over right is he his own dad then yeah i think so okay i'm assuming this is how the movie works i again, never saw it yeah truly is a curious case yeah we have um, to watch this movie now is this gonna be a special episode yeah Eyes on Benjamin Button. Yeah, well, because we're going to do this uh, new podcast Steve hasn't seen. Right. It's a very long podcast. <laughs> we'll, you know, make our predictions before we go into our theater and watch it. Yeah. And then we can have guest stars like yeah. um, Casey Paul, of, Paul of Tompkins. Paul of Tompkins. Paul of Tompkins. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so we then see Michael and Waylon on the trip and it has everything. A beautiful resort, a turquoise ocean, even Christine Bransky singing Dancing Queen. And Bransky was also in the movie Dancing Queen, which is, uh, you know, uh, Spyro the Abba song. Well, yeah. uh, Mamma Mia. 
or Mamma Mia, yeah. yeah. In the sequel, here we go again. Is there a three quarter soon? Yep, still going after all these years. Actually, I think they might be making a third one. Um, probably, uh, probably. Yeah, she is an up. Uh, she was in a uh, Bad Moms Christmas. Oh yeah, she was in Bonerville. Oh, I mean Bonneville. <laughs> oh, like I can see that. <laughs> she was an odd couple too. Oh yeah, Bowfinger. That's a movie I need to watch again. Yeah, I do. Oh, she was in Adam's Family, Family Values, the far superior of the Adam's Family movies. Yeah, it's the sequel is definitely better. The rare sequel that's better than the original. Like T2. And um, TMNT2. Yeah. And so. uh, Star Wars 2. Yeah. But not as good as Godfather 3. In my opinion, the Godfathers go Godfather 3, 2, 1. Yeah, content. Or maybe 3, 1, 2. The third Godfather is just hands down the greatest movie of all time oh yeah without a doubt i don't even watch those other crappy too oh, they're so long and Ugh, boring that's the old man eating an orange woohoo i just want to watch sophia coppola attempt to act it's great uh she's a great director yeah i'm glad she's found her own lane yes uh so michael gives smithers a new bow tie which he calls the whalen it's much like its namesake because it's sophisticated yet playful and it has blue and sparkling and it's uh, blue and sparkling just like whalen's eyes as uh miss bransky tell uh, heads to jacksonville to help a 13 year old come out to his parents whalen michael and that kind-hearted puppy share a sweet moment hey let's go back to the nuclear power plant okay okay and uh, Smithers is over there, so it must have been, you know, some time off. Uh, and he uh, wants to apologize to Mr. Burns. And then um, in this clip, uh, Marge will also um, talk. Sorry I'm late, sir. And sorry I wasn't available this weekend. Or last weekend, I was... You were gone? <laughs> Who cares? I figured it out. These pieces are designed to interlock. But to what purpose? Sir, it is a puzzle. Not for long, man. Monty Burns is on the case. The obvious first step is to sort every piece by weight. Waylon! Oh, Marge, why are you in the executive parking lot? Who cares? Tell me all about Michael DeCraft. <laughs> well, Michael's kind of perfect. Attentive, treats me like an equal, has never trapdoored an entire Girl Scout troop because they were out of Thin Mints. I mean, it's nice to finally be in love with someone good. I'm dying to meet him. What if we threw you to a party? A party? That's what people do when they finally have something worth celebrating. Let's do it. Yes! This makes me part of your couple origin story. I'm in. Yeah, Steve, you've never thrown a party. I've never had anything to celebrate. <laughs> I mean, All right. why would you? Everything's horrible. Always. Yeah, it was really weird. Uh, your wedding reception was just at the library and said, ah, go read a book, guys. Yep. I was like, shh. And then the Simpsons episode ended? Yep. So, thanks, Gracie. Uh, I mean, would you be that surprised if at my wedding I played an episode of The Simpsons? I mean, it wouldn't be that weird. Well, we tried to, but they didn't have a TV in the restaurant. I know. And I said, what restaurant would Steve go to where they didn't have a TV? Yeah, that sounds like me. I also love uh, in the clip, um, you know, Burns isn't upset because he's still doing the puzzle. So I love this puzzle gag that's throughout the episode. It's so good. And just the, like, the, that stupid, like, it's a puzzle. Well, not for long. <laughs> like, he's aware of the word puzzle, but not that he knows that that activity is called a puzzle, which makes right. it all the, mo <laughs> all, the mo all the more fun, so. Good guy there. Yeah. Uh, so, I also still think it's funny that m the kind of the trope of Marge always throws parties for people. Mm-hmm. Their thing. She's got a party budget, doesn't she? I, she has to, and that backyard has seen some action. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the party, right? All right. Um, and, uh. 
it's it's thrown uh, for the you know the Springfield's hottest new couple. Julio is uh, now played by a different actor. Originally, it was uh, uh, Hank, right? Yeah. So it's played by actor uh, Tony Rodriguez, which is good because it's you know a person that's not white. That's right. Latin X. Are we? Is that what you're supposed to say? I think that's uh, yeah. I think that's okay. I don't know. So he says that he's always wanted Smithers to have some billionaire boyfriend. And he's happy for him. He then crushes the wine glass he's holding in his hand, which that's funny. And then the ladies of town um, are more interested in Mr. Uh, DeGraff's uh, quick wit there. Excuse me, Mr. DeGraff, we love your wicked zingers on the show. Could you? My pleasure. Wow, it was so kind of Estelle Getty to donate her wardrobe for your production of The Crucible. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Grey Gardens. At least those ladies had a look. You have a don't look. <laughs> Do you like my top? Yes, I love the shoulder pads. Is something I would have said in the 90s, but not about that. Do you like my top? Yes, he seems very nice. All right, that's the joke of the night. That's it's it's really good. So when Lenny asks about his top, he's thinking his shirt, but the grass looking over his shoulder and sees Carl thinking that they're a couple. Yeah, I know what a top and a bottom is, but some of our listeners might not know. Explain a top and a bottom. Well, I mean, there are different degrees, but I think a top usually uh, is the one more to uh, impale. I don't want to use like the one more to. Uh... <laughs> That's so romantic. Impale me. <laughs> He, the the top is more likely to insert. be the one insert, uh, and the uh, bottom tends to receive. Pitcher catcher. Yes, pitcher catcher. But there's also power bottoms and soft tops and a whole Trump, range of uh, Trump pants. Exactly. All right. Power bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Smithers wonders if it's uh, wrong to be envied. But regardless, he's uh, loving it. He then asks Marge when she knew that Homer was the one. That one great love of his well, love of her life. Uh, Marge smartly explains that once Homer got her pregnant, she just knew he was with he, she was with somebody who she could have kids with, which I think is a very <laughs> funny joke. It's a very funny joke. So is she implying that she doesn't love him. Right. She's only with him because yeah, she got, she got knocked up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Um, and so the back party, backyard party there continues. Uh, Michael DeGraff walks up to Lisa and compliments her about her zigzag hemp dress. And Lisa thanks Michael, but explains that uh, she doesn't find fashion to be important. I mean, why would she? She's Lisa. Michael wants to offer some alterations. Uh, Lisa feels that's probably a waste of her time. And she clarifies that wearing the same thing every day is a choice so she could free up her mind of more important things. Rather than worrying about being on trend, Michael like just starts cutting up of her dress and you don't see what's going on, but she continues to talk. And she's like, uh, Lisa says that uh, Ruth Ginsburg, you know, wouldn't care because she just put a doily on and uh, she's just, you know, that society is so obsessed with appearance. But before she could find her final finish her final thought, uh, Michael shows Lisa how he improved the dress uh, by cutting up the tablecloth and then her dress and making a little uh, bow or sash or whatever it is. But Lisa loves it because she's uh she feels she's taller and more competent. She wants to go ask for a raise, even though she doesn't have a job. <laughs> That's the power of fashion right there. Yeah. Uh, so Lisa's uh, dress is actually designed by the aforementioned Christian Seriano. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, I mean, he actually designed that that, that dress that they drew. Uh, so uh, Michael and Waylon call for a toast and uh, Michael makes a big announcement. A toast to our hosts. And to Marjorie's hair, which is avant gorgeous. And I want you to be the first to hear. I've decided to manufacture my new retail line right here in Springfield, in the factory that used to make fidget spinners. Spinners? 
And if anyone needs a job, there are applications right next to the best coleslaw I've ever had. Mama, everyone is happy. Why are you so against this love? Why? I hate because I hate myself. I I love the women. No, Mama, you are beautiful. You love the women, and I love the you. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pillow of a chin, a lola brigida. Did I used to stuff a chin of any of all your disco? Okay, 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 Mama. Well, another major Simpsons character has come out of the closet, Steve. That's right. Luigi's mom. Likes to fuck a pillow. Talking all about it. To Luigi her I love how Marge's hair, like anytime DeGraff compliments Marge, her hair just goes limp. <laughs> yeah, she just swoons. Um, they didn't need to have earlier on Marge go from one car to another car to the bus stop. And they didn't need to have all of this depth of character for Luigi's mom. But they did it. And I appreciate that. Yeah, Marge. I, I love Marge in this episode. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, the Simpsons drive by uh, the uh, MG, MDGX is the modern new factory of Michael DeGraff. Uh, Lisa wants to look inside and Bart wonders if Homer knows anyone that works there. Uh, Homer tells the kids that they hired the desperate saps who have been unemployed forever. So, of course, Homer finds all of his friends there. That's right. So uh, Barney takes Homer, Bart and Lisa on a tour. Uh, their first stop is uh, capturing the latest trend glitter on sunglasses. Uh, Kirk Van Houten uh, places a pair of sunglasses on a dummy's head, applies glue to the eyewear, and then presses a button on a machine to release the glitter. Uh, Kirk is then covered in glitter, even coughing up some of that uh, stripper dust. Lisa wonders what happens to the toxic stuff that occurs, but Barney explains that it gets off-glittered through the chimney. A flock of geese uh, then fly through that uh, glitter cloud and land on the street, rolling down the street in a ball of uh, glitter and feathers. Really quite horrific. <laughs> but also very beautiful. It is very beautiful. I got to say that all the pollution in this episode is very lovely. <laughs> you know what? I'm pro-pollution now. That's right. If you can make it look good, who cares? That's the, myth. That's the point of this episode, right? Yeah. Just make it look good. Fashion above everything else. Mm -hmm. Next on the tour, they visit good old Gil, who's uh, mixing the, the vats containing liquid pleather, a goat hair relaxant, and uh, the current one he's working on is acid wash. Hey, look at me. I'm a working stiff. Very stiff. These chemicals are giving me a condition my doctor calls living rigor mortis. Mm -hmm. No wonder fast fashion is so inexpensive. This place is terrible for the environment. It's a sweatshop. No, sweetie, it's a sweatpants shop. Which are made with lycra, which leaches into the sea. Our oceans are now 10% spandex. Well, then they'll fit the earth more snugly. Dad, how can Michael allow this? I thought gay people were supposed to be better than us. You mean our boss? He knows. No, Michael's the perfect guy for Smithers. I picked him out. I fixed him up. My gay matchmaking reputation is ruined. The human suffering is bad, too. Like Bart's line of, like, gay people are supposed to be better than us. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Gil falling into the houndstooth. And uh, again, a very beautiful horror. You know, I got to say, I'm not a fan of houndstooth. I never know what to wear with it. I've never owned it, but I'm like, what, what, what is, what's the purpose of houndstooth? I mean, I could see it maybe on a jacket, but like a overcoat, but like for a sports coat, it's weird because do you wear like houndstooth pants or do you wear a solid color? Then it looks a little weird. I don't know. Yeah. I'm almost saying like, 
I don't see hound's tooth. Like it's, it's such like a dated pattern, isn't it? It is. It doesn't even look like a dog's tooth. No. Hmm. I'm banning hound's tooth from this podcast forever. Forever? Sure. I was gonna say just like uh maybe just a couple of weeks, and then that uh, hound's tooth uh, suit I'm gonna get you for Christmas. So it's gonna be <laughs> real nice. All right. I'll I'll, I'll wait. All right. Um, there's also a, a clip in there or a poster that shows kind of Michael in kind of the, uh, you know, 50s propaganda posters yeah. <laughs> saying environmental complaints are not Alan Gorgeous, which I thought was fun. Uh, speaking of fun, our third act finds Homer nursing a beer at Moe's, wondering how he'll tell his Smithers that the love of his life is running a sweatshop or a sweatpants shop. Uh, Moe offers a little advice. Hey, look, you tried to play God. And now, like God, you get to stand back and laugh at all the losers suffering. Ha! <laughs> ah, losers. Oh, who knew gay relationships could be complicated? I like that Mo line, playing God, and then you get to watch the suckers. <laughs> oh, good old Mo. Just then, a tired and weary employees of the MDGX shuffle into the bar. They're complaining of a rough day at the plant. Uh, yet another guy has lost his arm at the spaghetti strap slicer. And Barney says he doesn't feel so good after spending some time at the tie-dye chamber. And then he coughs up a design, a tie-dye design right into a napkin. That all may be awful, but Homer has to uh, go and break a man's heart. Oh, so sad. Uh, Homer plays, pays a visit to Waylon Smithers, who has hung up photos of himself and Michael in various stages of their young relationship, which include a lot of photos of Luigi, actually. That's like their only date then or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Smithers is so happy to see Homer because he showed him that love is real and that there's a man at the end of the rainbow. Homer reluctantly shows uh, Smithers that Michael's factory is doing to Spring uh, Lake Springfield. It's gone plaid. And I don't know if this is a reference to something that like when Homer said it's gone plaid, it felt like it was a reference to something, but I don't know what it was. I thought it was a reference to Spaceballs. Oh, okay. Remember when they go ludic ludicrous speed? Mm-hmm. And they go, they've oh, gone right. to they've gone to plaid. There it is. Thank you. I knew it and I knew it sounded familiar. Good call, Craig. Uh Mel, Smithers Mel Brooks, a former guest of uh, the Simpsons. Oh, it's, it's like, is there a week off that I missed where he's <laughs> yeah. a guest on the podcast? Yeah, you weren't there. So Mel and I did an episode of the we did the two thousandth episode of the Simpsons. So we did this little bit, the two thousand Simpsons old man. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's uh, not as funny as people say. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's kind of dated. Yeah. But that was comedy then, guys. We've come a long way, baby. Smithers is in disbelief. Uh, Michael must have an explanation. He's a good man. Wayland just needs some advice from someone who understands the ethical challenge that faces uh, business leaders today. Smithers, I've made amazing progress. By giving this enigma my undivided attention, I've proven conclusively these pieces form a secret image. I can't believe I'm asking you this, but I, I, I have a question about... Uh... My love life. Indeed. Tell me about the lucky lady. Man. Oh, what's her... Is. Name. Michael. Michelle. Such a lovely name. And uh, what does she... He. Do. Well, that's just it, sir. He's the CEO of a major company. He's wonderful to me, but I I'm worried he might ruthlessly care about nothing but profit. Ooh, don't tell me. Is it Cheryl Sandberg? No, it's Michael DeGraff. Michael DeGraff? Smithers, you fool. Marry that man right now. What? So you have to pretend to be gay. Who cares? He's a billionaire. Come, you must see. Mr. Burns is still in denial. Or he's just naive. That was, a, that was kind of a fun run, I think. Yeah, I, I know that we talked earlier about Homer being a little aloof about homosexuality, mm. but I feel like it's on brand for uh, uh, for Burns to do that. Yeah, that felt, you're right. It felt more on brand for Burns. And, you know, and he's like, what's, what's her name? Michael. Michelle. No, but then when he found out that it was... Yeah. Uh, Michael Graff, he's like, yo, you should just yeah, marry just that guy. 
he's rich. Rich. Um, Smithers loves rich dudes. He's got a type. Yep. Oh, someone brings that up later. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so Monty then shows a dump truck adding to a flaming pile of uh, last month's jeans. And this denim fires uh, all part of DeGraff's uh, devious secret. Fast fashion is far more toxic than nuclear power because, as Burns says, uh, nuclear energy provides warmth and light. Well, the fast fashion simply just offers a product no one needs and a constant stream of uh, brand new skinny jeans and B crop tops. Mm. Um, and then Burns just grabs Blinky from the pond and uh, just unzips his stomach that's attached <laughs> to him and I'll fall Michael DeGraff's uh, bling, which represents uh, his evil genius. But Burns may have made the three-eyed fish, but DeGraff destroyed it. And Burns recommends that Smithers hang out um, or hang on to his man. That's right. I do like how uh, just Burns just grabs Blinky. I even refers him to him as Blinky. I don't like that. I like that scene. Yeah, it's a very good point though that like Smithers was able to create this monstrosity, but it took fast fashion to kill it. You uh, mean uh, Burns, not Smithers? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so Smur- uh, Smithers, uh, clearly Smurfers. conflicted. Smurfer, clearly conflicted, uh, goes out for a drive. A uh, smokestack explodes, leaving a downpour of cheaply produced clothing and a rainbow smog. Smithers thought that a, a Chernobyl in Springfield would have been caused by his horrible boss, not his perfect boyfriend. Uh, we see that the uh, stark image is reminiscent of the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, as loungewear clogs a helicopter's engine, causing at least two deaths. Uh, Smithers then confronts his boyfriend. Michael, your factory is literally a toxic workplace. Don't worry, sweetie. I've got an amazing crisis management company. They're the ones who squelched the story that Peloton seats are made from dolphin faces. <sighs> if I'm making clothes for Tommy Target and Wendy Walmart, they have to be cheap because in fast fashion, whoever cuts the most corners wins. I can't believe I fell in love with a monster. Really? Seems to me that you have a pretty consistent type. Ah, exquisite. Is that acid? No, molten sports bra. Waylon, you deserve Milan. Paris, at the very least, a town with a Chipotle. I love that you care about what's right, but for once, do what's right for you. Come away with me and be adored. You know what? I want to live in a town without a Chipotle. Yeah. Although I never go to Chipotle, so it doesn't really affect me at all. Yeah, my take is that Chipotle is uh, really overrated. I am assuming it's like I never went when it first like kind of popped up in this area, but it was probably like maybe the quality was better when it first like showed up here, right? Yeah, and I think the novelty of it because it was like a build-your-own burrito bowl, basically. Yeah, but it just always tastes like too much rice, like kind of overcooked meat, and then you know paying extra for guacamole. The whole guacamole. Hey, Steve, did you ever watch the Chernobyl miniseries? uh no it seemed really depressing i heard it was depressing i'm not gonna watch it no i mean i know that happened i know it was awful but yeah it was a real <laughs> thing i don't want to watch the real thing yeah i don't know it just it just kind of bummed me out i'm sure it was beautiful but i don't, I don't know i don't know if it was beautiful it wasn't it all like muted colors just like and like gross looking yeah yeah you're right it just like this whole parody yeah right just a lot of horrible like bleakness hmm hmm so Smithers has to admit being adorned, uh, adored would be nice change. Uh, he then pours a glass of wine for himself and Michael. And then uh, Wayland hosts to seeing the best in his partner and ignoring everything else. But before they can drink, their puppy happily runs up to Michael, causing him to spill the red wine all over himself. He calls the dog an idiot and explains that uh, his pants are made of cashmere and shredded Picassos. Uh, he then, in a horrible thing, kicks yeah. the dog. So it's like right there and then you're 
just like fuck this guy. Yep. Anyone who kicks a dog, like he was, you know, perfectly great up until you know the pollution sucks. But once you kick a dog, yeah, you don't you don't come back from that. You cannot come back from that. If Tom Hanks was filmed kicking a dog, he would be canceled. Yeah, absolutely. But that the dog there runs behind Smithers for safety, and Waylon there, he knows the right choice because you don't kick a dog. That's right. So. Among these scraps of clothing, uh, including the sky, we see a private jet soar off, left behind a Smithers, who is with Homer and Marge. Simpson. Fuck up, pal. Beautiful jet-setting cape billionaires are a dime a dozen in this town. <sighs> it's going to take some time to get over, Michael. But I did get one thing out of the relationship. Someone to be there when I come home who will love me unconditionally. <laughs> You're the one hound I'll never release. So he did find love, but not with a human, but a dog man, a dog man. Uh, So, you know, the dog there gives him a little kiss there. And then Waylon puts a bow tie on them, too. That's fun. Yeah, that's cute. And then it goes into a a, um, zoom in on the app US mail service. And he's being popular. So many hearts there. Yeah. All the guys want to fuck him. Yeah. Or at least get to know him. Maybe it's just Disco Stew just keeps hitting the hearts. <laughs> um, Disco Stew is persistent. Yeah. So that's the episode. Um, And uh, credits pop up, you know, it says uh, uh, executive producers, you know, Matt Graining, Brooks and Algae and that. But wait, it's in white font, Steve. What's that mean? That means there's a little more to come. The last piece. You will reveal your secrets to me. Good Lord, all this time it was a hot air balloon. Yes, sir. Just like the picture on the box. There was a picture? Well, that could have saved me months. Oh, well, now I can get back to crushing unions, fouling the air, and garbaging the Pacific. Uh, 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 Sir, before you do that, maybe you'd like to try another puzzle? This one's a little harder. It's a hundred pieces, and uh, two of the unicorns look pretty similar. Clear my calendar, lock the door, turn up the Wagner. <laughs> I love how like the original puzzle looks like it's only a 25 piece like kids puzzle. Right. But the the new one that uh Whalen's given uh Smithers the uh unicorn one is fun. Yeah, and it's still only a hundred pieces. <laughs> I know those are pretty easy to put together. Yeah. I but just... I like that it also distracts uh Burns from you know creating atrocities. Yeah, his enthusiasm is great. He's got a hobby now. Yeah. So happy for Burns. I know we're supposed to be happy for Waylon, but uh, Burns, he needs happiness too. And, and he found it in the form of puzzles. That's right. Should we, we all uh, need happiness. I'm sorry. I didn't get the first part of we, of that word. I said we all need happiness. <laughs> all right. Steve, I need to take a break. Me too. Let's, uh, let's do that. And then we'll come back and we'll finish our conversation about a portrait of a lackey on fire. We'll be right back. <laughs> Alrighty, Craig, we're back. Let's uh, finish our discussion of this episode, Portrait of a Lackey on Fire. We'll talk about things that made us laugh, the things that we might want on a t-shirt or a tattoo or other media, our thoughts on the episode, and find out what we're watching next week. All right. So uh, you want my product that makes money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I, I said earlier, maybe the inappropriate paintings and luigi's restaurant mm-hmm. that'd be kind of a fun enamel pen <laughs> that would be kind of fun yeah i i want uh the uh, balloon puzzle so i can uh finish it before burns right yeah just show it off to him but i gotta say we are talking a lot about uh, enamel pens 
more than tattoos or t-shirts. We haven't really talked about tattoos in a long time. That's true. But I gotta say the brilliant logo and wordplay of the dating app, instead of like making a Tinder joke, mm-hmm. they just called it the US mail service. Yeah. That logo, I think that's a great that that could be an enamel pen. That's a good point too, because I think that nowadays the common joke for apps, especially dating apps, is just take a word and remove a letter like they did on Ted Lasso. Right. And uh, oh. other other shows. So to, yeah, they went for a more original joke there. I like that. What, what do you want to get branded, Steve? I think I'm, I might go from the beginning and get a, a tattoo Potato. of potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> the potato, uh, but like the sculpt, like the, the mm. stamps themselves as a tattoo. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say you're not allowed to because it's also, it's from a previous episode. Oh, wow. I yeah. I, I'm making rules now. Wow. I didn't know we were going to be uh, so strict with this. Yeah. I'm like, Bill Maher over here making new rules. Oh, go jerk off into a silk uh, napkin <laughs> handkerchief. <laughs> um, that's what Bill Maher does. Yeah, I I guess. Supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but yeah, you're right. I guess I won't do that. Um, let's see here. I do like all of the horrible, like all of the design of the, uh, the, the pollution that we talked about is really pretty looking. So I kind of like the idea of a tattoo of uh, Gil in covered in houndstooth, like a new supervillain. <laughs> Gil the houndstooth man. Right. In the 70s, there was a, a Spider-Man villain called the Spot, and he just had spots all over, all over his body and he could go through himself. And that was kind of his whole deal. And so I just want that, but houndstooth for uh, Gil. All right. Yeah. We'll make it an action figure. Yay, action figure. <laughs> well, you probably uh-huh. just take the Gil action figure and dip it in houndstooth paint. Like the exactly. perfectly. <laughs> Just need to find myself some houndstooth paint. Um, probably at the houndstooth store, Steve, down the street from you. Yes, uh, next to the Bluetooth store. You got Bluetooth, you got houndstooth. Yeah. Ain't that the tooth? Okay, that's dumb. <laughs> no, dumber than my dumb joke. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Um, dumb joke. What's your favorite dumb joke in this? Oh, boy. Uh, there's a number of jokes that I really liked in this. Um, I like Luigi's mom coming mm-hmm. out. Um, I I like, I love the the... Carl as a top joke. That's my favorite joke, yeah. But I think I have to go with the 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 Smithers and Burns. Uh, the puzzle bits are just so fun. I think yeah, it was like an overall arching scene. I think that was good. My I would say besides the Lenny as a top joke or Carl's the top. Mm-hmm. I I might say my MBJ might be Marge in this. Oh yeah, one you know when she's just picking out the the teeth, the baby teeth from the on Homer mm-hmm. and like looking concerned, and then just like smile when she finds like a cute one. <laughs> Right. But then when she goes off like all obsessed, like trying to like meet Michael DeGraff with in front of Homer is great. I love um that was a really good joke. Also, that's a good canonical thing because uh in uh Barton Lisa on Ice, uh Marge has uh Millhouse's teeth too. Oh yeah, I like that. So yeah. she just has a weird collection of found teeth. Yeah. And then also Marge, you know, throwing the party and all excited when Michael DeGraph likes things and her hair goes down. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm gave it to Marge. Nice. I like that. I think I'm going to give it to Burns, but Marge That's is a very close second too, yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. And Burns wasn't like really evil in this episode. I like that. Yeah. He was charming and just just wanted to play with that puzzle. That's right. All right. Well, what do we think altogether of this episode? You know, I read about, you know, Johnny uh, Lezebnik writing this with his father and being a big point of inspiration. I thought that was all very cool. Um, but I'm just struck by how much, how far this episode goes where it doesn't need to go, but it works effectively. Like the Burns joke 
Like that doesn't have to be three separate parts, but they did it that way. And uh, the fact that they gave Marge something to do, uh, Homer being a matchmaker and wanting to the relationship to work out just because he put them together. And then Lisa even having a turn dealing with fast fashion. The, this episode has a lot of layers that I think is really impressive. And the jokes were really funny to me. Like it felt like it flowed very well and it made me laugh a lot. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. My biggest disappointment though, was that the hype made it sound like uh, Smithers was going to have a new boyfriend and he just ended up with the dog, which doesn't have a name, which I thought was weird that the dog doesn't have a name, but that's okay. Uh, to be named later. Yeah, exactly. No, that's the name. To be named later. Yeah. Let's call him Tubi for short. Tubi. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that another failed? Uh, I think platform? it's still, I think it's still around. Yeah, I think you're right. That being said, this episode, I just, yeah, like I say, it's a lot of fun and I think it was good. So if I had to give it a rating, I would say that a uh, dog has 28 teeth by the, by eight weeks. So I'm going to give this a uh, 24 out of 28. Skip those canines. The dogs are canines. Yes, they are. Yeah. The hype of this episode was like, like you said, like, oh, he's going to this. So this is going to be the ongoing like boyfriend because they, it sounded like like he's going to have a steady boyfriend. Right. At the end of the day, I thought he was going to like, yeah, have a long term relationship with right. somebody and it would just be canonically the way it is. And I thought like, OK, well, the detrimental environment, you know, in the town, like Smithers will try to get him to stop polluting. Right. And that's the that's it. And he does. Right. Because he cares more about way. I thought that was how this was going to go. Right. And you're right. This whole episode was very sweet and nice and everyone we talked about before like a lot of times in in tv or in episodes there's always like a negative force or an evil intent especially with like burns right mm -hmm. where harm could come to people this episode was about none of that like there was no negative things and it was all positive and even the michael Drake graph character is fun and sweet and nice to everybody and you're like this is good this is good and then it just takes that weird ass turn at the end of the episode where it just jarred me the fact when he just kicks a dog yeah <laughs> like he could have shot bard and i'm like yeah that's fine right but just <laughs> kick that a dog like all because of spilled wine right and that's just kind of messed up i mean it is. he doesn't really like physically kick him i was rewatching he just kind of like tosses it with his foot but still when the dog like rolls and hits his head against the wall and has that like ow oh yeah, yeah like, that's you don't upset a dog no and i think that it is horrible and did kind of come out of nowhere but i think just the way that uh smithers didn't miss a beat and he's just like okay that's it i'm done yeah, i like that like yeah then they could have also like not make him a garbage person like he's forever a garbage person for doing that right so like, i mean they could have done the route of like you know Whalen trying to get him to stop you know polluting the the planet but then <laughs> to graph would have just been like mm, i choose my fashion over you bye yeah which i could oh i could totally see that working they could have done that yeah i mean you know because i also like watching it to your thinking like oh because they're, they're hyping it up like this is gonna be an ongoing thing like it would have been fun to see in future episodes of the billionaires fighting over smithers not like like you know burns and him fighting over smithers like for their time because that could yeah. have been an episode mm -hmm. oh it was it was a good episode and this this season again is taking yeah. a lot of chances and that's what's great about just have how they've built Springfield so much that there's just an abundance of characters that they could just do stories on. And I'm yeah. always kind of a fan of watching the A plot be focused around a Springfieldian. Mm -hmm. 
another great episode of the season. So I recommend it. Uh, if I were to give it a ranking, mm-hmm. uh, guest star uh, Victor Garber is uh, he's 72 years old, Steve. So out of his age of 72, I'll give this episode a 69. Nice. So far, I think this season's been been rocking, right? Has yeah, it been you, a clunker, really? Not really. And you make a you do make a really good point that every episode this season has been so ambitious and so different from the previous episode that there doesn't seem to be any sleepers. Like every episode feels like kind of a big deal, mm-hmm. be it the musical episode or an episode about Lisa's body image or a two parter prestige. Like they each episode, they're trying something new and different, and it's been working every time. I think so. I think it's impressive. Yeah. All right. Well, do you think they'll do something impressive next week? Perhaps. Uh, we're going to be talking about it. It's going to be the uh, ninth episode of the 33rd season called uh, Mothers and Other Strangers. What happens, Craig? Teenage Homer and uh, his old pal grandpa there, also known as his dad, <laughs> Abe, uh, take a road trip to look for uh, his mom. So that's all the description. So are they looking for grandpa's mom? So his grandma? Or are they looking for Mona? I think they're looking for Mona. Probably looking for Mona. Yeah. But that would be an interesting one. Like maybe, you know, because grandpa's mom might. Do we know about the grandma and grandpa much of Homer? And- Not really. I mean, we may have seen them before, but yeah. hardly at all. Oh. Someone out there will, will let us know. So this is going to be like, yeah, it's going to be a different episode again. We're going back to the past. Hey, I think they're stealing our ideas. Didn't we say that there should be a teen Homer show? Yeah. And now we're getting one. Or wasn't an episode. There an epi- yeah. Wasn't there an episode last week, though, where you like became like a hip hop dancer last, or something last week or last uh, season? Yeah. Didn't we review an episode where it was set in the present day? I swear we did. Yeah. Where he like uh, was uh, worked for Chuck E. Cheese or something. Oh, no. Grandpa owned a laser tag store. There it is. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So do you think they all reference the laser tag? Maybe. In this episode? Yeah. Because that was only last season. Huh. All right. Another ambitious episode. Do you think we'll get Teen Marge or Teen Bard? Probably Teen Marge. Maybe not Teen Bard. <laughs> You see Teen Bart, but he's with Professor Frank and they're doing like a Back to the Future thing. <laughs> yeah. And then Teen Bar- Marge tries to bang Teen Bart. Oh, Barty. I like your spiky hairs. Mm. I have sorry to ones down there. Over your neck. <laughs> and he's like, I caramba. <laughs> and we just invented porn. Yay. All right. Well, this sounds like a fun, ambitious episode. Indeed. Hey, also doing a road trip. It's uh, the after thanksgiving kind of planes trains and automobiles right maybe oh yeah that's right uh but i i think glenn close is coming back to play mona i think so yeah she's gonna be in it i think i saw a blurb saying that she's did a recording i don't know but is this gonna ruin canon right yeah it's dangerous but uh see what happens all right well you can also see us on the internet but not like just as beings you could see us type and (laughs) to do that uh go to some uh Social media places like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 138Simpsons and hit us up. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And if you're so kind, go to your favorite pod catching app and leave us five stars or the equivalent. But you don't need to write a real review. You can just uh, talk about what uh, kind of man you're, att- you're attracting on your uh, apps. Are they needy people who uh, want to uh, are afraid of commitment or are they just going through a phase? I want to know. And you sure you don't work for the FBI, right? Sure, that's right. But if you do want to include your social security in the review, that'd be greatly appreciated. All right. For this week, I've been an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been an annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And remember, Peloton seats are made from dolphin faces. Spinners!
am a gay matchmaking god. 